Coming up on 5-Minute News. U.S. Senate negotiators reach $10 billion COVID agreement. Supreme Court nominee Jackson secures more Republican support. And Russia faces global outrage over genocide on Ukraine's streets. It's Tuesday, April 5. I'm Anthony Davis. The U.S. Senate reached agreement on Monday on a slimmed-down $10 billion package for countering COVID-19 with treatments, vaccines and other steps, but the measure dropped all funding to help nations abroad to combat the pandemic. The compromise drew quick support from President Joe Biden, who initially pushed for a $22.5 billion package. In a setback, he ended up settling for less than half, amid administration warnings that the government was running out of money to keep pace with the disease's continued, though diminished, spread in the US. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, his party's lead negotiator, said the pact would provide the tools we need to help the country recover from the economic and public health blows that COVID-19 has inflicted for the past two years. But he said while the $10 billion is absolutely necessary, it is well short of what is truly needed to keep us safe over time. He said members of both parties want to craft a second spending measure this spring that could include funds to battle COVID-19 and hunger overseas and more assistance for Ukraine as it continues battling the Russian invasion. The agreement comes with party leaders hoping to move the legislation through Congress this week before lawmakers leave for a two-week spring recess. It also comes with BA2, the new Omicron variant, expected to spark a fresh increase in US cases. Around 980,000 Americans and over 6 million people worldwide have died from COVID-19. Supreme Court nominee Katanji Brown-Jackson secured the support of two more Senate Republicans on Monday as she cleared a procedural hurdle toward becoming the first black woman to serve on the nation's top judicial body. Republicans Lisa Murkowski and Mitt Romney joined Susan Collins in saying they would vote to confirm Jackson to a lifetime seat on the court later this week. They also supported a procedural 53-47 vote to bring her nomination to the Senate floor after the Senate Judiciary Committee deadlocked 11-11 along party lines on whether to advance the nomination. Mikowski and Romney, who do not serve on the Judiciary Committee, announced their backing of Jackson as the Senate began voting to discharge the nomination from the panel, propelling it to the full Senate. Jackson is expected to win the backing of all 48 Democrats and two independents, giving her a majority of support in the 100-member chamber. Her confirmation would not change the court's current 6-3 conservative majority, as she would fill the seat of Liberal Justice Stephen Breyer, who is retiring. The three Republicans voiced concerns over the increasing partisanship of the Supreme Court confirmation process. Lindsey Graham said Republicans wouldn't give Jackson a hearing if they had the Senate majority. If we were in charge, she would not have been before this committee, he said on Monday. His comments underscore the depth of Republican hostility to Biden's Supreme Court nominee. 
Democratic Senator Dick Durbin, the Judiciary Committee's chairman, noted that the panel had voted to confirm Jackson to three previous posts, and he lamented what he called baseless attacks by Republicans. Moscow faced global revulsion and accusations of war crimes yesterday after the Russian pullout from the outskirts of Kiev revealed streets, buildings and yards strewn with corpses of what appeared to be civilians, most of them evidently killed at close range. The images of battered or burned bodies left out in the open or hastily buried led to calls for tougher sanctions against the Kremlin, especially a cut-off of fuel imports from Russia. Germany and France reacted by expelling dozens of Russian diplomats, suggesting they were spies, and US President Joe Biden said Russian leader Vladimir Putin should be tried for war crimes. This guy is brutal, and what's happening in Bucha is outrageous, Biden said, referring to the town northwest of the capital that was the scene of some of the horrors. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky left the capital Kiev for his first reported trip since the war began nearly six weeks ago to see for himself what he called the genocide and war crimes in Bucha. In his nightly video address, Zelensky pledged that Ukraine would work with the European Union and the International Criminal Court to identify Russian fighters involved in any atrocities. Ukrainian officials said the bodies of at least 410 civilians have been found in towns around Kiev that were recaptured from Russian forces in recent days. The Ukrainian Prosecutor General's office described one room discovered in Bucha as a torture chamber. Russia's UN ambassador Vasily Nebenzia insisted on Monday at a news conference that during the time that Bucha was under Russian control, not a single local person has suffered from any violent action. However, high-resolution satellite imagery by commercial provider Maxar Technologies showed that many of the bodies have been lying in the open for weeks during the time that Russian forces were in Bucha. You can subscribe to 5-Minute News on YouTube with your preferred podcast app. Ask your smart speaker or enable 5-Minute News as your Amazon Alexa flash briefing skill. Subscribe, rate and review online at 5minute.news. 5-Minute News is an evergreen podcast covering politics, inequality, health and climate, delivering independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery and I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects.